everyone welcome to the charva podcast this is your host kushal mehra all right today's discussion is called vocism in sports and to discuss that uh, i have with me shambhav sharma and nikhil mehra nikhil ko abhi naye avatar mein aap aaj dekh rahe ho nikhil normally lawyer hota hai magar kisi ko nahi pata nikhil lawyer se bhi zyada sports fanatic hai so boys welcome thank you Okay, before we start the discussion, because everybody will like everybody. You guys, you guys generally do this thing with Abhijit, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the... Abhijit, Abhijit hates sport, na? Uh, Abhijit hates yeah, all but, sports. But he loves wokeism. He would have been <laughs> ideal for it. No, वो 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 बहुत depressed करता है. But wokeism के बारे में बात करने के लिए you need to know a little bit about certain sports. At least the sports that we'll probably talk about. <laughs> अभिजीत को तो आ, अच्छा किसी ने लाइव में ऑलरेडी कमेंट कर दिया है कुशल फिर गंजा हो गया अरे भाई <laughs> अरे क्या बाल ना काटू <laughs> मैच मैच होना था ना तीनों को इसलिए आई डिड नॉट वांट निखिल एंड चांबाव टू फील लेफ्ट आउट मैंने बोला मैं भी कर लेता हूँ काम नाउ बिफोर सी बिकॉज वी टाइटल डिस्कशन वोकिजम इन स्पोर्ट्स इट इज ओनली fair if somebody comes back to us and says bhaiya nowadays everybody keeps dropping this word wokeism so first define so i'm just going to lay out a basic boundary definition uh, to and then i will request nikhil and shambhav if they don't agree with it to add or give their own understanding so for me wokeism stems from so wokeism is what i would say in a technical term applied postmodernism now what is applied postmodernism applied postmodernism is a khichdi of postmodernism of the 1960s 70s 80s loyotard derrida foucault gayatri spivak etc in the modern day world plus uh, critical race theory uh, which stems from uh, you know the frankfurt school and all that getting mishmashed in between from the 1930s onwards and basically wokeism is a by product of that now what is wokeism based on wokeism is based on the ideology of dei diversity equity inclusion so in my word every everything so there is only one objective truth in the world of wokeism and that objective truth is oppression mm. Oppre- everything is looked at from the lens of oppression now so what i say when i use the word wokeism in sports it is specifically from the lens of diversity equity inclusion and how it has become some sort of a religion where everything becomes about diversity equity inclusion so before we get into anything else nikhil and cham do you have a problem with this uh, explanation of wokeism and if you want you can add nikhil go ahead uh, uh, it just went way over me man i don't even know what to say <laughs> derida spivak <laughs> no doubt you keep doing this i would have start throwing section numbers at you and good luck main wahi soch raha tha ki ye jab bhi is tarah ka naam phekta na ek section number dal do hey yeah i am just you know let's keep it easy i guess we you know people are seeing certain symbols being used in the sports field that they they haven't seen until the blm movement arose and i think this is what we're really talking about right i mean so I I understand that you want to talk about the narrative underlying narrative being one of oppression but I you know sports fans don't and should not have to understand things to that degree you know they yeah. for them it's a simpler thing it's just you know there's you switch on the television and there's this particular symbol being exercised by everyone and how do they react to it and you know how do they feel about it yeah i do think that's fair i also think it's fair that 
people should sort of understand where this sudden wave you know people seem to think it's this sudden wave of wokeism that's just appeared out of nowhere and it's taken over colleges and it's taken over institutions corporations and and sports and i do think it's <clears throat> i think it's important to understand ki ye aa kidhar se raha hai like where is it coming from what is there is has it come out of nowhere is there a precursor to it and when you start looking into it like kushal said there is a long precursor to it it's been it's been you know it's been cooking for a while it's been in the works for a long time it's appeared in various forms in the 80s and the 90s with the politically correct movement but i do think with the proliferation of social media it really has had a fertile ground to grow and expand like never before and that's what we are seeing with sports now and i i'm sure kushal has an agenda that we will we'll get into it one by one uh but i do want to be i do want to try and touch kushal uh eventually how it's it's a bit of a mixture you know the current wokeism in sports or the current level of wokeism in sports i kind of feel like it's a mixture between corporations knowing exactly who their audience is and corporations being dominated by sort of more left leaning employees so we'll i'm sure we'll get into it okay so let's start with see uh, i know sham you hate cricket uh yes, but uh, as we are an indian podcast tu bhul gaya tu bhi hai indian <laughs> so we have to start with uh, the current uh, state of affairs when it comes to so in case if you are living under a well and you don't know what has happened and what has basically uh, uh basically taken over the entire discussion as far as i am concerned and the irony is both nikhil and i don't even watch t20 cricket magar hum log mujhe lagta hai ye world cup sirf frustration se dekh rahe hain ki ye neel kyon kar rahe hain exactly same exactly same i have no idea about what to the hell is happening in cricket i just went on twitter aur maine dekha ki ye log saale ghutne tek rahe hain that's what made me actually pay attention to cricket so i, I guess they succeeded still, in their objective i still haven't watched much of it i only watched a bit of new zealand's batting yesterday just to see whether our bowlers would react Mm. Uh, and how our captaincy would react and it was uh, pretty tame it was very tame let's just yeah. put that way <laughs> okay so let's start with this uh and nikhil and i were having actually a very long conversation about this on the phone a few days ago so nikhil manager tere ko so i'm going to draw two parallels right over here now the first one is what is happening right now where uh, during the first match i don't know whether they kneel down on the say in the second game or not so i'm not going to comment on that there is no evidence that the indian team was kneeling down in the second game but what we know as of now is that the first game the indian team were was kneeling down in mm. support to black lives matter and that led to an excessive response uh, excessive in uh, and the the word excessive is here used in a neutral way not in a good or bad way it just it it was an outpouring of outrage of both kinds uh, in support of them and uh, against them on social yeah. media and here's my point now i personally have a deep problem with this i'll explain why i have a problem with this and and why we are having this discussion today is that i might be in a situation where i might disagree on some points with you guys also and i'm going to explain why mm. now my first problem with this is that black lives matter according to me is not a अ थिंग दैट इज वेरी इनहेरेंट टू इंडिया मतलब मुझे नहीं समझ पड़ रहा है हम लोग बाहर की चीज यहाँ क्यों ला रहे हैं आई मीन हमारे देश में काफी इश्यूज होते हैं जो हम जिससे डील कर सकते हैं एंड सेकेंडली आई जस्ट वॉन्ट टू शो यू गाइज ब्लास्ट फ्रॉम द पास्ट यू नो दिस इज एन ओल्ड न्यूज फ्रॉम द पास्ट 
So this is what had happened. ICC had asked yeah. Dhoni to remove the army insignia from gloves, and fans were rooting for him. Basically, this was during the World Cup. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember. I this remember was that. the Balidan badge or the army insignia was spotted on Dhoni's gloves as television replays showed him stumping Feflukwayo in the 40th over of the innings bowled by Chehel in the match against South Africa. Now, this was considered not okay by the ICC at that time. He was just putting an insignia on his glove. It was pretty, yeah. you know, insignificant if you ask me. It's fairly but, tame, yeah. Yeah, it's fairly tame. But now I want both of you to opine on this. These are two contrasting issues where ICC uh, disapproves one and then tells you to kneel down to BLM. Now I personally well, and, uh, and, and not just that, Kushal. Sorry to interject, but not just uh, that. Really it's, it's it's also you know the BCCI seems to be generally quite fine with Pakistani cricketers standing in the middle of the pitch and praying, which is an explicit expression of religion in sports. Which one would think, ki bhai, if if the if the Indian players started doing an arti in the middle of the ground, I can imagine some people having a problem with that, and I can also imagine thinking to myself, ki yar, What's the need for that in sport? Cricket pitch But the BCCI or the or the ICC rather doesn't seem to have a problem with you know religion in sports, but they seem to have a problem with one tiny little emblem of the army on a goalkeeper's or a wicketkeeper's gloves. Yeah, so that's okay, the thing. Uh, so Nikhil, what's second. your view on this? There's no view. First, we need to structure this a little bit. Look, all sport the way it's organized, particularly cricket in particular, I can tell you about. They tend to raise an issue about any political interference into sport. Not saying the army is politics, but any political interference into sport. So, for example, at various times in the last two decades, Zimbabwe has been ousted from the ICC because their government took over their board. Right? Yeah. So, the idea was always that political interference can't enter into the cricketing field. And this is actually true of a number of other sports. Now, you recently have had the takeover of English football by sovereign wealth funds, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's really the big issue in there is really whitewashing those human rights violating regimes by allowing them to purchase football clubs, right? And again, it's really what it is, is the violation of that barrier between politics and sport. You always keep it out, right? So it, the the fear now with BLM, not BLM, but but with any sort of uh, symbolism that you political symbolism that you consistently bring out onto the sports field, is if it's sauce for the goose, it's sauce for the gander, right? So if one symbol can work for you, then another symbol can work for someone else, and and then where does sport eventually go? Because then another group will turn around and say, look. Why can't we have our own separate cricket team? Or why can't we have our representing a nation? We are as representative yeah. of the nation. You've allowed all of this politics into the sporting arena. So now you create a structural problem. So, like, I mean, that's really the foundational basis of how uh, sport politics is always kept out of sport. Because, you know, you may have two warring factions within a country. Right? Yeah. And they want to send two separate teams. What is the international body do. It can either reject both or it'll have to turn around and say, well, we have one on board and that's the one we're going with right now. Yeah. The hell with everything else, right? They don't want to get into all of this. And that was a good, wise thing to do. But if you're introducing politics by this route, 
tomorrow you have today with uh, an issue where at least in america as i understand it there's unanimity on the issue of combating racism there may not be unanimity on the validity of all the claims of blm there may not be validity uh, unanimity on how to approach this but there is that base level symbolism of racism has to be combated exists right so it's an easy issue to that degree only to that degree only uh and when colin kepernak happened that was an american issue right that was an issue pertaining only to him him bending the knees saying we're not fully free in this country that was a symbolism right that's why i'm not standing up we're not fully free in this country but when blm erupted blm and and there's a point that sham made as at the start here that everything tends to become an international issue now because of social media right so yeah. in any event, the link between america and the uk is very strong always has been very strong politically culturally but it spreads faster and further than that right yeah. so if you look at european football very quickly a number of the teams started taking the knee but a lot of teams don't yeah right a lot of teams don't because in certain parts of europe they're like what the heck is this yeah i think in in like mainland europe i i hardly think well, a lot of yeah. teams take the knee now the further yeah. east you go the more it starts happening where they're like the hell with all the people right? yeah yeah, yeah. People. we are moving towards egalitarian societies we built the most egalitarian societies <laughs> in human history and you you're talking about us being constant oppressors by invoking stuff from centuries back yeah and really now wanting to use it as an excuse to undo the oppression no to go beyond and become the oppressor <laughs> right so that, that's that's the sort of argument that sort of gets into but be that as it may so one of the things is always keep the politics out of the sports and it kept things clean because it keeps it clean for the viewer it keeps it clean for the player the player doesn't have to carry the burden of politics into the field but you know how far can you keep politics out because as an example south africa's quota culture mm. so i don't know sham if you if you're aware of this but the south african cricket team has racial quotas those quotas oh. have to be and what's that what that's led to is a large number of exceptionally talented white south africans have moved out and have played for england played for new zealand and mm. played for australia right? does rugby have it too or is it just cricket they all their sports have all this sports are abhi namibia pe bhi bahut sare south african ja rahe hai na wherever they can get to play at the end of the day you shut up right you shut down the route altogether so that yeah. but that is considered an aspect not of politics interfering into the functioning of the board the south african board but as a matter of domestic law so tomorrow if indian law said article 14 article article 15 article 16 reservations have to be extended to all private bodies as well and this is a this is a, uh, an issue that's been raised politically in the context of hiring etc then there is no reason to believe it will not infiltrate your sports teams as well and if it infiltrates your sports teams then that's not a political issue right so it's a very it's a, it's a slightly complex thing now here's the thing uh, why is it complex okay so i i also want to analyze this in another way you said we should leave politics out of sport and that's been the standard protocol now in the case of nfl it was slightly different because i have never understood uh, in america it's very interesting uh, at least uh, sham and i watch combat sports so 
one of the sponsors of UFC is the American Army. I don't know if mm. Sham, you have noticed this. Every time that lady comes up and oh, you yeah. have that ad, yeah, you know, of the American Army all the time. You have seen NFL. You will see the American Army sponsoring on all major Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. uh, Super Bowl pe to karte hai, all major uh, weekend sports pe American Army does. So is that politicizing sport? And uh, another very interesting thing that I have noticed is. NFL, NBA, these are all private organizations. But yeah. at least in NFL, I don't know about Major League Baseball. I've noticed this in NFL. They play the national anthem there. And it was at that time that Colin Kaepernick, by the way, refused. Uh, basically, he, he did not stand up. He, he basically, he, he was kneeling down. And his whole thing was police brutality and all of that. And I think it was in relation to George Floyd or or maybe it happened just before George it, it Floyd. Was, and it was George before. Floyd. It was actually it was two or three years before Floyd. Yeah. Well before. <clears throat> George so Floyd is that not was similar in that sense, right? I mean, there's no dearth of police excess against uh, against African Americans in the United States. It happens every yeah. year, so there's always an incident, right? Yeah, and again, with, with the proliferation of social media, it's it's become a lot easier to capture these moments than it used to be. Let's say, you know, the Rodney King in the 90s was such a unicorn of an event that somebody was able to actually film it but now everybody has a phone there's some shits going down you know that at least since 2014 2013 onwards somebody or the other has a phone and they're going to film it so the more incidents like these started coming to light and that sort of culminated then in colin kaepernick taking the knee and you know blm sort of becoming a thing no so that was not my point sham so uh -huh. first i'll come to you my point is something different there See, everything in life, when it comes to narratives, there are certain things that we take for granted. I'm just being very honest here. This is my view. You don't have to agree, nor does Nikhil have to agree. This whole thing about, you know, the national anthem should be played and uh, that's the unifying thing and, you know, it is sacrosanct. These are all yeah. a priori assumptions that people make and they have come over years of the societal agreement. Now, what has happened here is that the reason it was jarring was there was a national agreement, whether it's in America or in India, that national anthem aata hai, tum khade hoge. Khade hoge, ya jo bhi, aapke desh ka tarika hoga, uska aadar karne ka. Whatever way you respect the national anthem. Now, is it a case, at least in American society, that the consensus has broken? And yes. when, uh, when the consensus has broken, there is a new consensus that is being tried to be pushed. The previous consensus was that of patriotism. The new consensus is that of diversity, equity, inclusion. And uh, there is resistance now. And we are going through a phase where one or the other is going to win. Now, in the case of India, why the Indian cricket team looked idiotic was that the Indian cricket team has enough local issues to outrage about, right? If the Indian cricket team could have taken the knee for casteism in India. The Indian cricket team could have taken the knee for jihadism in India. The Indian cricket team could take, an, uh, take a knee for misogyny in India. But now they take a knee for the most useless issue <laughs> that could have ever come in the eyes of the... I mean, imagine... Just imagine an average kid in India. He's like, why are they Yeah. BLM? Kya hai? Baba it, it, it's, imagine if like American athletes start taking the knees for, you know, the pendency in Indian courts. It makes no sense. Why do we take our knees? It's kind of like that. You know, this is why, and, and it's an, that's a very, very important and ob yet obvious point. And that's why it's sort of, I had said this on Twitter, that to me, they, 
the cosmetic nature of the sentiment behind their action became apparent by the fact that they blindly did this right i mean it's just a copying of everyone else doing it they're all watching man united and other team do it in 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 <laughs> the premier league so like hum bhi karenge kar lo bhaiya karna kar lo so that just makes it cosmetic and it, I, and i don't know whether this is entirely coincidental and i don't know if there's any way to confirm it but that was a day before or day after or the day off the a day off or either the day off or the day before Uh, the auctions for the next two IPL teams were being conducted, and one of no, the no, bidders. There is no coincidence, was, Nikhil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the bidders were the Glazers, and the Glazers obviously. Oh wow! Big sports owning team, right? So they own Man United, they own Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, they own other 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 franchises yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And if you if they had they lost they lost the bid. Had they won the bid, this would have been a fantastic introduction straight into the American market. Yeah. You know, so I I don't know. You know, with 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 the kind of people that we have in charge, I I wouldn't be surprised if that's the kind of base level thinking that's existed, and it's pathetic. But it may well be the case. It is. It it is the case. You know, a lot of things we think. You know, we tend to think, or a lot of people at least tend to think that ye jo bhi ye jo symbolic gestures hote hain. it is just a it's like an ideology it's just an it just has an ideological basis behind it and that's 100% certainly true but that's not the only reason there are other corporate minded reasons that you would do something like this as well like you take the nike ads for example the nike colin kaepernick ad or the nike ad for uh you know believe in something even if it means losing everything and it it pissed a lot of people off you know a lot of people were like main hi khareedunga nike main hi jaunga idhar main hi karunga ye but nike at the end of the day also knows its audience it's about uh corporations or companies or organizations knowing who their audience is and knowing where the money is coming from and so you, when you yeah. hit an excellent point this is a point that i love love raising and it's my critique essentially of wokeism yeah uh, as, as people call wokeism to me this is really like the ultimate ode to capitalism in the sense that capitalism has capitalized the greatest anti-capitalistic sentiments it's just taken them and said <laughs> so we're going to show you how to make money out of this shit too bad yeah. no and it's it's and you there, there is a packaging around it there is a way of projecting it there is a way of putting it across and that's a certain demographic that you go and chase and then there is confused messaging to go and chase the other natural demographic that you in any event have So to me, this is you know, you're right. There are there are people for whom this is a matter of ideology. There are so many for whom it's a matter of functionality, yeah. right? Just basic functionality. Quentin de Kock, poor guy. All he did. So the the problem with all of this is, if this was ideology, it had to by definition be voluntary, right? And yeah. the moment you decide that I don't want to take the knee. when did it transpire to the point where taking the knee is a statement against racism but not taking it makes you all the way up to racist yeah. it's it's a it's just it's insane so this is where these symbols are very dangerous i mean this is seeking conformed behavior and and that for me is really really problematic i mean you you know once this starts filtering down then to then it's almost like your sports teams have to have a particular check in ideology yeah right and if you don't have that ideology at the time of checking in if you don't have that ideology you don't get in yeah yeah it's a it's a 
it's a tricky situation for a lot of these sports franchises, sports teams in general to be in because, like I was making the point earlier with these companies, you know, like a Nike, take Nike for example. Nike knows, Nike is not just doing this stuff because they're ideologically motivated. They're not that stupid to just work on ideological motivation. Nike knows exactly who its audience is, right? You, they know for a fact that it's not these backwoods redneck Republicans who are going out and buying their Air Jordan shoes. They know exactly who is buying their Air Jordan shoes, and, and they and know buying, buying at least one or two pairs a year, not exactly. like the recurring the recurring purchases. Yeah, and they're recurring customers and they're high value customers, so they know that, yeah. bhaiya, market kisko karna hai. Target kisko karna hai. Theek hai. A few Republicans will get upset, but kya karoge? Nike chhodke you'll go buy New Balance. Nike Why are you going to go from Nike? It's like if Apple goes woke, what are you going to do? Are you going to go then buy like a Nokia phone? No, you're not. You're still going to buy Apple because that's the good phone. So companies to an extent also know that they have a bit of a captive market. And uh, then they also know that ideology may indulge karke. They're able to gain a certain amount of like social favor. They're, they're also able to curry a certain amount of political favor. And I want to ask what you think of this, Kushal. Because, you know, when it comes to, at least in the American context, when, you come, when it comes to Republicans, Republicans, they're all about like not interfering in how companies work, not interfering in private enterprise, unless it's for a specific religious reason, like, you know, abortion and things like that. But generally speaking, Republicans are all, all about Democrats are the ones that are more all about, you know, we want to interfere in how these businesses run. The business should be run this way. There needs to be more government control over how businesses are run. And these companies know that if we curry favor with the Democrats, then if the, the Democrats ever come to power and they know that we are compliant, they won't go after us that hard. Uh, and if because so do you think that that also plays a role in the thinking of how these companies operate? I think there are multiple layers to this thing. Um, some, I think the primary thinking is like, again, Nikhil and I have had offline discussions about woke capitalism about mm. uh, there's so many times. And this is just the market playing out today. The market somehow seems to have a demand. And, and always remember, Sham, America has a disproportionately larger influence on the culture of the world. And especially in a world that we're living in, this is going to happen. But, but I want to make two points here. And I, I hope that one of you would have taken my bait, but I, I'll take it up myself and I will bait people. No, I want to raise this question. You know, whether you're kneeling down or you're standing up for a national anthem, this is all symbolism. Now, the point yeah. is which symbolism is fine and which isn't. Yeah. I see a wry smile on Nikhil's face. I did take your bait. This is what I was pointing out with, with Decock, right? So if he doesn't take it, does he suddenly become racist? <laughs> so that's my whole point. But uh, when somebody kneels down to a national anthem, does he become anti-national? Yeah. No, no, I totally. Yeah, agree. I, 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 no, no, I'm totally with you on this. I, I, I have always, I found, for example, even that Supreme Court order that national anthem must play before every movie in the cinema. Like, what is this here? Yeah, I don't think that's 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 a silly order, in my opinion. I think people might get pissed off, but like, I'm not going to the movies for national anthem. Yeah. If, Look, at the know. end of the day, all of the parallels to these things are you have a structure, right? So sports has a particular structure. If there is a governing body, if there is a sport owning team or a manager or owner or whatever, and is compelling this kind of behavior, then you're taking 
that choice out of the equation altogether. It's the same thing in a theater, right? So mm -hmm. if by law it's compelled upon you, and these are ideologies that are being compelled upon you. I may on a particular day be feeling that, you know, for me, the national anthem thing was just, you know, you you're compelling this national anthem in an environment where people are utterly at ease and rest. Yeah. And you know, this is going to lead to unnecessary situation of disrespect towards the anthem. Yeah, and context matter karta na yaar agar world cup ho raha hai to of course it makes a ton of sense play it icc champions trophy ho rahi hai play it it makes a ton of sense but ye sala mohan bagan versus east bengal mein bajane ki kya zarurat hai exactly 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 and so no but today what are we left with we are left with this entire symbolism thing is today one symbol only, right? It's just the one bended knee in favor of BLM. Uh, it could be bended knee with the fist raised or without the fist raised. Yeah. But it's just that right now. How do we see this going forward? Are there going to be more symbols that come in? You know, so tomorrow, for example, if the Pakistan team, because I'll give you an example about all of this. You are not, even if you're a fan entering into the stadium, in particularly in cricket matches, allowed certain kinds of banners and slogans. You're not allowed them. Yeah. You can't yeah. be you can't have political slogans. You can't have slogans about Kashmir in an India Park match, for example. Yeah. Afghans can't have slogans about Pakistanis, for example. Right? You, yeah. You're not allowed these. But what if it's a very easy logical argument to make, right? So you support BLM, great. What are the what are the, the Pakistanis mm -hmm. turn and say, oh the poor Kashmiris, look at the way they're oppressed. They, we we can have a symbol for them as well. Yeah. Exactly. And, and let's, let's assume it's a highly Islamized symbol. Right? So yeah. it creates new layers to it. So for me, mm -hmm. it's it's yeah. a very easy debate in America while it pertains only to racism. And really racism funny. in a generic sense. But once you open this door, where do you go next? Right? So that this is this is where I think the danger lies. And this is independent of the fact that to the viewer who, when they're engaging with this issue, they don't get to be as blasé about the issue as athletes do by simply showing a symbol. Yeah. Right? To, to the viewer, to many viewers, these issues are layered. They're highly debated. They affect their lives in different ways. They're affecting their behavior in different ways. And it can cause consternation to them that, you are presenting this as if it's a singular light, yeah. right? It's very easy for a lot of white people in America to assume this is anti-us, right? Whether it's misguided yeah. that we or not, but it's very easy to assume that, right? Yeah. So if, if, if a Kashmir kind of symbol came up from the Pakistan team before the play, right? It's very easy for all Indians and all Hindus to assume this is anti-us. Right. In which case, where's the spotless? So you've broken that original thing that I told you about, which is you keep politics out of sports. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Sham, this is a brilliant nice. question that a viewer has asked. Hmm. Somebody has asked, doesn't the Indian team bending the knee to the, uh, basically, uh, in a way, su suggest that we are bending the knee a to the Western world and we are accepting that we are historical oppressors of black people just like the white people are bending it for. I mean, why are we bending otherwise? Yeah. It's a good question. This guy, this guy has asked a very good question. Yeah. No, that is a very good question. And, and, and it, again, it raises a point that is there cultural or political significance in India? Does it have any kind of significance in India? Like if you're 
bending the knee for casteism maybe i don't like the fact that you're doing it but at least it's relevant to the bloody indian context that's i think that's the big reason why somebody has made so a very nice well. uh, you know comment tongue in cheek huh. comment so somebody has said so was the indian cricket team standing up for the rights of the siddhis that. that would have at least made sense in the indian context yeah i saw so that true. i mean what are we read uh, vivek sinha's I mean, comment vivek sinha has an interesting question too yeah so that's the whole point right i mean so okay so let's take this one if the indian team would have taken the knee for let's say an indian issue won't it be too considered as wokeism what do you think nikhil if not then how no no I, wait wokeism again so I, i i'm not a really big fan of that phrase per se in this context you know whether it's wokeism not wokeism i i i think by what you mean by wokeism is the sort of the infiltration as, as that's how i'm projecting it of political issues into the sporting arena uh, exactly and, exactly and, and, political using, issues based on the diversity equity inclusion lens right and using the sporting platform that sort of attracts more eyeballs than anything else in the world to project that issue further than it what might otherwise be able to project itself which yeah sort of is a breach of the old rules of keep certain things out you want to keep certain things away uh and- and tell so, me this yeah, so, so let's go back yeah. to the question that was raised right so the yeah. question would that also be called to me raising political issues on the sports field is an unsubtle expression of those issues first up and unsubtle expressions of complex layered political and sociological issues is a very dangerous step uh and it is not coming across this argument perfectly well today because like i said it's very easy to oppose racism in a generic sense it's impossible to say no to it yeah or sport then is trying to sort of you know you have let me let me put it this way to you in america today there are certain states which shockingly to me are willing to name parents as domestic terrorists if they are haranguing and constantly questioning school boards and school teachers and school staff about critical race theory that's being fed to their kids or about excessive sexualization sexual sexualized content that's being fed to very young kids in the name of sensitivity towards lgbtqia right yeah. they've been called domestic so if that parent who's opposed critical race race theory on this and been called a domestic terrorist sees that bended knee right i think it makes them feel more aggressive right so to answer yeah. the question i don't know if it's called wokeism or not called wokeism but i don't like this one size fits all symbolic gestured approach to yeah. what may be layered and more complex issues because it looks clean right now because it looks like just no say no to racism but you never know how that turns out once these issues become more complicated Yeah and the, uh, I'll give you an example in the 2018 World Cup there was a game between Switzerland and uh, Serbia and in that game Switzerland had two players Granit Xhaka and uh, the uh, fucking tiny guy I forgot what his name was but those two players Shakiri, are of Al- Shakiri you're talking Shakiri, about that's the guy yeah Shakiri he is Albanian originally yeah, uh, him you- and Xhaka both him and Xhaka both are of Albanian descent so I think the uh, Switzerland won the banned, match two one. Yeah. He got banned for his yeah, celebration. So Switzerland won the match two one, and Shakiri scored the winning goal. And after the winning goal, Shakiri and Shaka both ran off to the audience and did this symbol. 
which is basically yeah. the symbol of Albania, the Albanian Macedonia, eagle. Macedonia, the, the soaring eagle, the Macedonian yeah. symbol. So it was the it was the soaring eagle symbol, and um, what happened as a result, and it was basically in response to the the atrocities that they believed that the Serbians committed against the Albanian Muslims in during the war. And as a result of that, both of those players got a multi-match ban. They got a huge fine. Now imagine if instead of doing the soaring eagle sign, they've, they've taken the knee for BLM. Would they have been banned for six games? Would they have been? Would they have had two hundred thousand uh, pounds put on them as a fine? So the point that uh, Nikhil is raising, ki bhai, once you open the door, where do you stop? Why do you just stop at BLM? Like, do you are you not right, allowed so to go? First of all, on BLM, did you guys look at this recent poll? Hmm. Now, at least inside adults in America, there is a 1% increase. More people oppose BLM than support it now. is incredible. Look at the... Around that November 20 mark, look at how high up it was. Yeah. Yeah. Election time, ke liye tha, ho gaya. this is, I think, this was also, <laughs> almost seems like the replica was... With the farmers' protest as well, a few elections yeah. coming up. We jack this up, get this moving upwards. I mean, I'm telling you, this is all capitalism. Marketers today are more advertisers. Marketers are about as important as message makers as anyone else out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, basically, Civic says Civics has been tracking public opinion on the activist group every week since 2017, mm. interviewing a total of two lakh seventy-eight thousand and seventy-six adults across the country. For most of that period, BLM has enjoyed majority support. It yeah. reached peak popularity 53% immediately after the killing of George Floyd in June 2020, but has been drifting downwards ever since. Yeah. Crossover was reached this week with 44% of American public opposed to BLM and 43% in favor. Because now, Nikhil, uh-huh. isn't our BCCI beautiful? We <laughs> amazing. When a natural decline BCCI now we will get into the game. Yeah, BCCI or Indian team, they are so insincere in what they've done, right? In real sense, they haven't actually even done it as far as I'm concerned. You know what it reminds me of? That whole episode. You're so clueless about what they've done, how they're doing it, what they're doing. So you know what it reminded me of? That whole taking the knee episode. Kushal and uh, Nikhil, you've both probably seen that clip. You've seen that clip where there's a Sapa party worker or a Congress worker who goes to the birthday of 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 the then in my view, they've done nothing at all. People, Achha, look, people are... Nikhil, Achha, is this wokeism? Then tell me. This is Enes Cantor wearing a custom-made free Tibet shoe designed by Bariyo Sao. And yeah, he's an NBA player. All I'll tell you is the Chinese own the NBA and this guy is not going to be around for too long. Yes. End of story. Yes. That was going to be my question to the both of you now. Okay. In this whole wokeism in sports, what the where the hell does China feature? Like, how do how are these woke athletes, you know, completely silent on China, but they'll speak on every other bloody issue under the sun? Is this not basically 
is this not an indicate if this is not an indication of like corporate wokeism i don't know what's an indication of corporate wokeism yeah boss china features as the chitter in the piece boss to mess around to padhe ki zor politics china is always exactly that role in every aspect of life they are the chitter in the room so you will get it if you mess around with them it's a end of story dude yeah No, no, but but this is again. It see it all boils down to the hypocrisy of this entire movement, and this entire uh, the right word would be the concept creep into sport in general. It is based on a power play where the Houston Rockets, when somebody from their side had spoken about it, they had to there because China took all their merch out of every single store in yep. in China. They had to bend. Now this new guy is raising the free Tibet, and by the way, ये तो बंदी नहीं कर रहा है। इसने वो free Tibet किया, उसके बाद he made a video on Uyghur Muslims. He's yeah. like, तुम लोग उनके बारे में क्या कर रहे हो? And ये तो मतलब he's like, मैं तो जाना है, मैं चार पांच को लेके जाऊँगा अपने साथ, so he's not taking. <laughs> But somebody again has asked a beautiful question. Nikhil, I'll come to you first. Very good question. Would you call Muhammad Ali's refusal? To fight in Vietnam, Vokism. He paid a price. A lot of today's athletes, including Cape, took inspiration from him. How does that? How is that a parallel? Not fighting in a war, uh, avoiding the draft as a conscientious objector, is fundamentally different from him refusing to box. I mean, uh, how is that? You know, again, this word Vokism agitates people, and I, I don't want to use it. My whole point was we. as you you call the concept creep the concept creep of political or sociological issues into sport this is not that is this, this is coincidental that he happens to be a major athlete but this is really about conscientious objector under the first amendment qua the mandatory draft yeah and and it's it's the point that kushal was raising again just just then say, about yeah, you, like, know, you know what I, what i love about kushal is he calls all of them beautiful questions <laughs> I think it's shot down. <laughs> so, so, hey, it's so a good question. I believe it's all symbolism. As, as analysts over here is that our our filter has gone broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, it, but it but it does go back to the point that Kushal was raising that right. You know, you ha- you have it's all symbolism. You have yeah, it's all symbolism because at the end of the day, you have somebody like a Colin Kaepernick who takes the knee, and as a result of the of taking the knee, as a result of sort of becoming the face of this taking the knee movement he gets this multi million dollar contract with nike he's now is celebrated sort of almost like a filmmaker he's got this big documentary uh, with anna duvernay on netflix now which is premiering in every single major film festival that you can think of and, and compared that to somebody dollars uh, less than uh, 10 million dollar uh, settlement uh, from nba uh, nfl uh, yeah, and compare that to somebody like ns canter ns canter ko kya koi dega is tarah ka Multi-million dollar deal. Is somebody going to make a movie about how brave Ennis right, Cantor is raising voice for you, Uyghur Muslims? The theory that Ennis Cantor is the chitter theory. He's been messed with the wrong people. You don't mess with China. It's a simple. It's about power, yeah. Yeah. They are the chitter in the it, room. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Then, then, so you should be even more mad second, at the Indian team because 95% of cricket revenue comes from India. Uh, that, that's I why people are mad. Isliye to log naraaz hain. I want to say something qua Kaepernick, right? With Kaepernick, what happens? Do you think it was right for him to be omitted from the squad because he took the knee? 
right that's the that's the I origin point so, so right this. as in what is your sense of right or in what sense was it right no, so 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 I, i always use that same framework right for me it is about the political statement entering into the domain of sport right and and i hard as it may sound wrong as it may sound to a lot of people he may be a hero in the eyes of many and i accept that i i get why he would be a hero in the eyes of many right for having shown a light from a platform from which a light couldn't have been shown otherwise uh but <clears throat> was the organization wrong in saying don't breach this barrier and we don't want these political symbols entering right without going so, into the merits is america like this or is america not like this no i don't think so it was wrong because it's very simple uh the the moment uh, i remember reading articles from that time the moment he started taking the knee the ratings of nfl started tanking because people yeah. forget that when it comes to sport uh only the minority that believes in this ha hu hat upar karo piche dalo aage dalo jo bhi no people just watch sport for entertainment and they don't want to be preached when they watch sport which is now in fact i'm going to talk about that as the and it's a good segue too so my whole bit is that now what i have decided is how do i watch sport uh if, whether it's ufc whether it's anything else i don't watch anything uh you know pre or post match i i literally yeah. don't do that now because <clears throat> pre and post match is where all the pravachans come i just want to see the game yeah. and what has happened with the see it used to be ha national anthem bajaya sab log khush hue aage badho life mein i to used to find that also kyo kar raha hai mujhe nahi malum magar theek hai theek hai but that's my personal thing my whole point to answer to you is i think the franchises took a call that look this guy is going to cause us bad business and he's going to make us lose money and for that one person many others are going to lose money so i think it was a perfectly legitimate business decision i don't know about you what do you think shyam i mean it's funny because we're talking about this now but i uh, bill burr had a segment on conan o'brien's show and this was back in the day this was like 2013 2014 or something like that where he was talking about like how he doesn't like these kinds of things in in sports and people were like why you don't you know he was talking about he wasn't talking about blm and all that because i think i don't think that was a thing back then but he's talking about all these people you know when they talk about like ye cancer awareness month and all this kind of stuff and they'll suddenly you have all these football players wearing pink helmets and pink gloves and they're running onto the pitch and they're holding out this banner before the game and right in the middle of the game while i'm enjoying the game there's this ad that oh my god look at this sick child and then you have to watch this ad for two and a half minutes about this sick child who's dying and if you don't pay money then this child is going to die and it's your fault and i'm and he's like bro i'm just i'm tired after a long day i just want to watch this game and fucking escape can i just <laughs> I, i remember escape? that yeah i just want to escape for two hours that's a, that's a yeah. killer bill burr is great rank if you want to watch it go on conan o'brien's channel and type bill burr conan o'brien sports and you'll find it and he's just like dude it's just an escape and i feel like so many people feel that way that sports is an escape it's for me 100% Sports is an escape. It's just a shame that the team that I support absolutely sucks balls, but it's still an escape for me, you know. So, uh, I think that's how a lot of people feel, and I think that's why okay, you're I, seeing the viewership numbers decline as well. I want both of you well. to. Uh, I don't know, Sham, if you saw this response by Dana, 
So Nikhil, I want you to listen to this, and I'll give you mm. a background about what is happening here, Nikhil. Yeah, I did see that. So this is uh, something called the Dana White Contender Series, Nikhil, where uh, budding fighters come every Tuesday. and they do fights and dana white then gives them a contract some of them get a contract for ufc in the main show which happens on the weekend now in this what had happened was there was a particular fighter who called the other fighter a terrorist being very open that's what had happened and then somebody in the media asked dana this question and this is how dana responded uh when you found out about uh you know the face off yesterday the the terrorist comment and yep. Um I don't know if if you thought about doing anything you know what I mean it was just you know I know you say all the time is hey it's a fight business people say mean things uh but you know that one seemed to maybe a little far you, you know what my answer is to that um are we going to do anything it got done tonight you know what I mean it's the beautiful thing about the sport I I I say it all the time <clears throat> this is not a nice sport this is a very rough sport we say a lot of mean things to each other a lot of you know uh and 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 justice gets served at the end of the day. I mean, listen, when when you have a situation like that, the best way to solve the problem is you fight and you fight legally and uh you get paid to do it and that's what happened tonight. Do you ever feel that there is a line though that you got to worry about like hey, maybe that was a little too far? No. No. Not not in this business, I don't. Yeah. There's been if if you look, you can add that to the pile. of some pretty nasty things that have been said in this in this sport and not just this sport boxing I'm sure Muay Thai kickboxing you know you, you name it mean things are said in this insanely politically correct world we're living in this is one place that is not All right Nikhil so I know you have no clue about the fight sport in general you don't follow it but I know you know fighting I mean you watch boxing on and off but what do you make of this response by Dana White who's basically the boss of the uh, ultimate fighting championship about this incident so justice being served nikhil just for context jis aadmi ne dusre ko terrorist bulaya tha jisko bulaya gaya tha wo afghani fighter ne aisi uski dhulai ki hai cage ke andar aisi dhulai ki uski ki wo oye wo bada pita hai jisne usko terrorist bulaya aur wo kya hua usne usko terrorist ko bulaya uska bhi main context deta hu so what happened was when they did the face off right this guy raised his hand to shake his hand the afghan fighter refused to shake his hand mm. and that's when he called him a terrorist oh. so that's the whole context of the whole story now nikhil how do you deal with this issue now yeah so look you look at various frameworks by which things get justified or get accepted become palatable right so one framework for any of these symbols is free speech which these athletes possess free speech they uh you say that they shouldn't be using this platform like i've been saying that you know certain kinds of speech are kept outside of these platforms traditionally but where else do they do it then you know if they do it outside you have a problem when they come inside if they do it inside you have a problem when they do it outside. and they're doing a, a straightforward unanimous symbol right so that's their free speech the counter is others have free speech too right the problem with this kind of symbolism i like the approach of what happened there you want to exercise your free speech you get beat up in a cage i love it that's i yeah. think that's the sport it's fine no problem and, with it and i i also think and, that and, dana and no problem with the fact that when a person uses those kind of words maybe a lot of the fans turn around and say dude you've got a problem you've got a problem as a person 
right? You, yeah. you, you, you had no business talking to them in the way in which you did, which is again great. Exactly. You Everybody has to suffer consequences of their actions. It's fine. You use those words, you suffer for it, right? The problem yeah. with what we are seeing is this is really the great counterfactual is Decock. So if Decock doesn't take the knee, he suddenly doesn't have that free speech yeah. because yeah. it is absolutely evil on his part not to con- as if racism dies because Quentin de Kock takes the knee <laughs> or survives for generations altogether because yeah. Quentin de Kock refused to take the knee. I mean, it's madness, dude. It's madness. Yeah. And so I think, Dana, again... Once yeah. you go down the path of this stuff and you open the free speech barrier, it can go in, a, in either direction. Why shouldn't it be allowed to go in either direction? Why should it be only one set of symbols only? That's the question that's going to come up over time. And then you, you're going to ruin entire sports because somebody will come will come into it who will do something quote-unquote bigoted. And that's when shit will hit the fan. Yeah. So, yeah, Shyam, I, also I just think... have one question for yeah. you. Hmm. Actually, totally question. See, somehow, Sham, this never gets problematic in boxing, MMA, Muay Thai or any combat sport. Kobe Covington versus Tyron. Tyron kept on shouting Black Lives Matter for every question in the pre-match press conference. (laughs) And Kobe was wearing a MAGA hat and saying how Donald Trump was amazing. They both got into the cage. They beat each other up. One guy won. It ended there. Everybody moved on. Why is it that mixed martial arts and boxing is able to get away with a lot of this? Now, people need to realize that boxing is a much older sport and boxing has a serious issue with racism from its past. Mixed martial arts is literally starting like in the mid 80s and then becoming big in, you know, after the ultimate fighter, you know, where uh, Forrest Griffin and uh, who was the other guy, the first ultimate fighter guy, uh, you know, they fought Stephen Bonner. And that's how, you know, MMA really took off. So MMA is still at a nascent stage. So I guess MMA gets away with anything. You look at Mike Perry dropping N-bombs. If you remember Nate Diaz after the Masvidal fight, you know, in just a casual way, Nate Diaz was dropping N-bombs. And a lot of people don't remember poor Quentin de Kock. Yeah. You know, uske mummy or papa, I think uske mummy shayad African African hai or uske papa Caucasian hai. So he's not even, you know, he's from a mixed parent uh, parent uh, background. So yeah. now, Sham, what do you think? What is so unique about MMA that it does not transfer to other sports? I think it's the audience. I think Dana White knows also what MMA's audience is. MMA has a very specific audience which is quite largely you have people that are watching MMA are like blue collar workers in let's talk about the american audience but at least in the in, if you look at the american audience for MMA it's mostly largely blue collar to like middle income workers that are that form the major base of MMA watchers in america and these people you know are not really affected by those woke issues or woke issues are not really as important to these people as it is to maybe uh, NFL watchers or NBA watchers on social media. Their audience is different. They are only interested in seeing a good fight. That's the only interest that they have. And the other, everything that else that happens beyond it, they don't really care about or worry about that much. That's why you see, you can see all kinds of people. You see a Kamaru Usman who's the uh, welterweight champion right now, who's a huge proponent of Black Lives Matter, big supporter of Black Lives Matter. Nobody has a problem with Kamaru Usman. You have Colby Covington, who's like super mega, who's fighting him right now. Nobody has a problem with that. And 
they also know that it doesn't matter what your political background is what your political beliefs are jo bolna hai bolo sab sab karna hai karo but at the end of the day things get solved in the cage and that's what they really worried about so dana knows his audience the ufc knows who its audience is and that's why they don't seem to have that much of a problem with these kinds not of things not only that just look at the way mixed martial arts is structured see <clears throat> how many people know that amanda nunes is is yeah. you know from the lgbt community yeah. nobody knows that very few it's not even an issue when it see what i'm trying to say is i think it's also got to do with the nature of the sport at times yeah. uh, the nature of the sport when it comes to mixed martial arts is like it, remember the conor and khabib fight how did it all start khabib mocked conor's wife if you remember then yeah. conor crossed all lines when he used alt, uh, you know ridiculous jibes and then conor crosses all lines anyways i think conor has some behavioral <laughs> he issues anyway he posted a photo of kabeez wedding and said your wife's a towel mate yeah that's what conor said so so that's the thing there is something and and i i think sometimes the blame and the credit goes to dana white because dana is the guy who set the sport up the way they he wanted to at yeah. least ufc and they pretty much follow that that kind of a model now and that's how it's been set now in mma but again yeah, from the outside it does not transfer to other sports fan. sorry from the outside yeah. it looks like the nature of the sport is that you get to beat the crap out of each other and so इंडिया अबीजीतर it fits you know it perfectly fits you agitating each other you go and you have a fight and that's how the the real notion of sport is that's how you decide things right now if you agitate each other and you cause this kind of slur in cricket and cricketers start beating each other up then you've got a problem right so it, cricket has to function differently in rugby for example they function differently in rugby if a rugby player so much so steps up to a referee that's it you're out you're ejected right so other sports have different sort of context so they are if footballers are to kick car and lash out at each other you'd have a problem so this is why they try to keep it i think much more uh, but, but overall i you know i do think that everything in life has suffered a bit because of excessive political correctness and it looks like you guys have found these safe haven spots where political correctness hasn't sort of totally destroyed all notions of sanity in the way which has in other places Okay no so this is a good question now Nikhil this is about cricket what if a company owned in the future what if a company owns an IPL team and they start bending the knee for casteism abolishing hindutva islamophobia in india etc i think that bcci will throw them out <laughs> one would hope i would hope at least that's what happens 
Well, either the BCCI is going to throw them out, or the Indian government is going to come to the BCCI and say, "You know what? You have this status of being a charitable organization. Let's start paying some taxes, boys. Come on." Yeah, and also I think if if that happens, I think people need to speak up as well. Like people are speaking up a little bit when it comes to yeah. NFL and stuff because their viewership year by year has been declining. पिछले तीन चार साल में their viewership has been declining, and yeah, if that kind of shit started happening with the IPL. I think the public will speak. Very interesting, Sham, because in the context of the Indian team, right? Uh, they did what they did, and like I said, it was so, it was physically repulsive because it was so insincere, right? It was, it was just like you said, Bapuji, you have died. Our scene, that it was really, really bad. Yeah, it was, it was looking yeah. at these guys. No, no, what is this? Can a white player take off the knee like Zaha? Take off the knee. What is this? Uh, I think what he means is not take the knee. I think he's talking about the uh, about the choice yeah. thing, right? So that's what happened to Dickock in football. In 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 European football, by the way, it's a personal choice thing. It's a personal. Choice. But you could end up with tensions in the dressing room if you do it, right? So they, they, there are various complications. With it. But I, I was just saying, like the Indian team did what they did, and just to the point that Shamma was talking about, which is how do people react? They got it from both sides of the political spectrum, boss. Properly, one side going like, "Sir, you don't know anything." And the other side was like, "Acha, why not for casteism? Why not yeah. for this? Why not for that?" Right. So th- this is uh, to me, it was the perfect reaction because to yeah. me, it typified exactly why you shouldn't be venturing into this bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So somebody has said, "Sham, it's pretty clear now. ICC has a bigger plan in America. They 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 think they can." <laughs> That and that is the reason. As somebody has asked, can any so-called right-wing government bring their issues at such big platforms? I don't know. Whatever. Well, that was no, going to be my question. Right, it's a good question. That was going to be my question. What I was wondering in in my head while you guys were talking is that I agree that you know sports is this kind of escapism, and for me, it one hundred percent is. I I want to escape and I want to watch sports, and I don't want to think about anything other than the sport that I am watching. That's how I feel. But let's say in the future there is like this huge. Maybe there's a war between India and Pakistan. Maybe let's say Pakistan mm-hmm. ne Kashmir pe chadhai kar di, and uh, the, there's a war going on, and there are human rights violations going on on the uh, on the side of the Pakistani army against the civilian population of Kashmir. Tab uh, agar if there is a sport, if there's let's say a World Cup going on, and the Indian team is participating in the World Cup. and they want to make any kind of a gesture whether it's taking the knee whether it's a black band whether it's a placard whatever to highlight the atrocities being committed by the pakistani army on the kashmiri civilians karna chahiye ke nahi karna chahiye tab kya banta hai mera answer do kind of what i was thinking ha ha mera answer bada simple hai i hate all of this symbolism in sport uh whether this symbolism is <clears throat> national anthem and i'm going to sound very controversial here i don't like national anthem before sports games either i i just i am very bored only, by it only only world cup and uh, only international tournaments i think it should be allowed it it can be allowed they can do what they want to do i i i personally like olympics find... and world cups and things like that that's it yeah you know If the, you the short me... point to uh, to the question that shamma was raises this is why all of this is These are questions to be determined before the match starts, right? So India can turn around and say we won't play with you. 
राइट और वी वांट देम आउट और व्हाटएवर द हेल इट इज राइट और आई डिडंट इवन मीन कि देयर इज एन इंडिया पाकिस्तान मैच हैपनिंग आई जस्ट मेंट कि देयर इज लेट्स से अ वर्ल्ड कप मैच हैपनिंग एंड इंडिया इज प्लेइंग सम अदर टीम इन दैट सिनेरियो द सिनेरियो दैट आई लेड आउट फॉर यू वेरी एक्सप्लिसिटली in that explicit scenario do you think that the indian team should should have the right to speak up or should be speaking up or do no, something like that i i have no problems with rights to speak my my views you have to go either all or nothing right you can't you can't say that we will allow certain statements certain symbols and then go coy on others because you choose that they are not good enough for you that's that's the nature of free speech right so this is why it's a very dangerous trend I think in your example, everybody should speak up. To me, that looks black and white. But if you ask a Pakistani, he'll have exactly the opposite answer. He'll say we are the ones fighting oppression, right? So it's it's a very dangerous path to go down. Like I, like I keep going back to that. BLM became an easy one because everybody all over the world on that unicultural spectrum, right? So there there are white majority countries with large black populations that dominate our sporting psyche in a number of sports, yeah. right? We watch a lot of them. and particularly for india it's that beaming down of football more than colin kaepernick would have meant nothing to even average city dwelling kids who like sports and have access until the taking of the knee started with the epl and with other other sort of uh, f- football tournaments in in europe right so it's in that context to them that's a unipolar issue and it's fine so they are looking at it i think also on that narrow lens that don't go beyond this don't really go beyond this yeah. america as usual will be the one to break and they will go beyond i'm quite certain like this free tibet thing has started somebody else will start something else they will definitely go beyond and they're going to see i think at some point like we were discussing the capitalists will turn around and say this is going to start affecting returns and we got to yeah. shut this stuff down yep and i think that's a fine perfectly fair way of doing it the problem with the left is when they exercise liberty they can't tolerate the other guy exercising liberty right and yeah. so in terms of the measure of liberty the guy with a with 500 million or a billion in his bank account has more liberty than you okay <laughs> live with that reality because he's putting you on the court he can take you off the bloody court as simple as that right money is an existent thing it's not a non existent thing i mean as much as they'd like to believe that kumbaya is what the world runs on or should yeah. run on right so so at some point i think it'll get chopped down and it and it will happen the day they decide conflicting stuff can happen and and, and that's why i think a lot of sporting teams know go to the point of x don't go beyond if you start going beyond it's all going to get shut down yeah okay so Two three questions I'm going to take up. I'm going to share my views and maybe you guys can. So, so just ask, I, I wanted to make an observation. I'll make it at the end. Qua BLM. Sure. Right, so we'll take. But yes, just remind me in case I forget. Ah ha. Okay. So that could be your closing comments. So somebody has asked, do you think in, if India would have defeated Pakistan, it wouldn't have become such a big first anger got. Uh, you know anger of defeat got mixed with politics i think that's a valid observation oh, i yeah, think a little bit of it does add chitarpana answer i don't think it's a it's a it's a it would not have been noticed it's an enhancer but it would have been yeah, noticed yeah. so 
somebody has made a comment a political escapism is great but kobe will get let's go brandon cheers for sure <laughs> i really hope uh, 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 did you guys see that let's go brandon is this rap song that was released by this pro trump rapper okay and here's the kicker that song is the number one song in america on itunes he beat bloody adele that song beat adele's song adele's at number 3 uh, let's go brandon is number 1 and a remix of let's go brandon is number 2 in america this is essentially a dog whistle for fuck joe biden yep that's right? what it is yeah that's what it is okay th- now this question is so what outlet owner who was who was listening to the chart of fuck joe biden said listen to that they're supporting him they're saying let's go brandon <laughs> let's go brandon <laughs> <laughs> okay nikhil take this one so what outlet should athletes have to bring attention to issues within sport there is rampant racism homophobia sexual abuse in all sports worldwide these are not the first set of athletes bringing attention to anything in the world man i mean what the heck you just gave the example of, of muhammad ali did you not he didn't take it to the take it with him to the boxing ring yeah yes you know martin and navrati lova also Martina, Martina did so much. He didn't bring it to Wimbledon's courts. Who was the so sprinter much. in Nazi Germany? The Jesse Jesse Owens. Jesse, Jesse Owens. Owens was name. Jesse yeah. Owens didn't have much of a voice, right? That was the difference. But I'm trying to say that these are not the first set of athletes that have made any kind of statement anywhere. It's remarkable. You don't have to bring it into the sporting arena. There are infinite arenas available to you, and in fact, the current athletes have more arenas available to them than the ones in the past. And yet, the ones in the past. used to make telling statements right today you could get on your instagram you get on your twitter feed you get on anywhere and project and amplify okay this is a good point uh, moin ali spoke about palestine in a match which he got banned and fined so icc said you can't make political statements using the sport so why is blm not a political statement sham then moin ali is i think the england team cricket player he's a off spinner and a left hand batsman <clears throat> yeah i mean it is a political it is a political discussion but like nikhil said be what the black lives matter organization has been either fortunate with or been very smart with is they've been able to conflate the black lives matter organization with the sentiment that black lives matter you know more 99.999% of human beings believe that black lives matter and black lives should be considered as sacred as any other life but at the same but what blm the organization has been able to do he said ki our organization is the same thing as these people so now if you speak up against blm you're kind of saying that black lives are not as important to you as other lives so i think because it's that kind of a touchy subject that nobody really wants to disagree with it at least nobody who wants you know cares about their job or cares about their online reputation really wants to touch it and that's why i think blm has generally been able to infiltrate culture sport corporations and all, all kinds of yeah, things like that yeah but it's like an that. outright Palestine blm is, is an outright more, marxist movement right well that's the thing they've been very smart about uh how they've marketed themselves they're saying ki if you're against us as an organization that means you hate black people I'm that's what it means you, basically they are projecting they are marxist they are totally capitalistic they've been they are they are part of the dark side for sure of course they're capitalists did you see yeah. that fantastic interview of one of the leaders of blm who was asked in the meantime you've acquired you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and more and she's like 
I'm only acquiring wealth for black people. <laughs> my family are black people. So I'm, I'm black and I'm acquiring wealth for myself. Yeah. <laughs> when a white guy does it, he's doing it for himself and for, and for the existing structure. When I'm doing it, I'm doing it for good black folk. Only four of them, but for good black folk. That's exactly but, what it is. But then, Nikhil, again, what would what about the world banning South Africa from sport due to apartheid? Was it wokeism? Was it necessary? How do we? The problem is the lines are so blurry. I mean, sometimes it's exactly not. The point you don't get it, right? This is why I'm trying to say there was no sports organization that banned South Africa because they understood these lines are blurry. Right? It was yeah. nations that took the step of banning South Africa. And once mm. nations took the step, then sports organizations took the steps. Right? It's a political decision. Let the politicians make the decision. Everybody now wants to step into that domain. Once you step into that domain, you better be ready for the same brickbats that politicians get. Yeah. Okay, so 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 your analogy here would be a perfect one would be when the government of India decides we are not going to play cricket with Pakistan, uh, and then the BCC has to comply to the decision of the government of India, right? Got it. So yeah, that, that's. I think that's a that's a fair enough assessment. Okay, now Nikhil, because we've already touched an hour and fifteen minute mark almost. So what what was your point on the BLM bit? Yeah. So so BLM's happened. The knee's been taken. A lot has been done. I still don't. You know, boardrooms in America are still white men. Right. Boardrooms <laughs> these sporting teams are still white men. The big thing with all the knee taking and everything in the UK was there are no black football managers. Guess what? There are still no black football managers, right? This is this is the reality of it all, right? Yep. Look, you enter into the sporting arena at some point in time. Everybody gets down to who's going to make me win, right? And I'm and, and I'm telling you right now, in the future, organically, without any of this rubbish, to you know, be the wind beneath their so-called wings, black athletes are going to make excellent football managers. Yeah. They're going to make excellent quarterbacks like Michael Wick had until he got into that dogfighting ring. <laughs> Another great it's quintessential black American story, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest black like this guy could have been the GOAT. He could have he, he had the, he was a running back who was a quarterback. He was the ultimate. Right? And, and what does he have? He has a dog fighting ring in his basement. <laughs> he gets arrested and goes to jail. Phenomenal, right? So what I'm going to get at is that. You're going to get there anyway because sport, look, sport privileges, power, pace, etc. Black athletes have been better at so many sports than so many other athletes, right? It's going to happen. It's inevitably going to happen. You look at the story of France, right? <clears throat> France, 1998 World Cup, when it began, the World Cup that they won. Yeah. There's a lot of grumblings amongst the uh, French public that the black players don't, the, the immigrant black players don't sing the anthem at all or with the same sort of fervor. Right, because understanding the context of France, Republic is everything. The Republic is everything. Nothing else matters. Your religion doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. The Republic comes first. Right. So the anthem's not being sung with that fervor. By the end of it, they'd won the World Cup, and after there was no problem again whatsoever. Yeah. Right. Because you proved it through sheer competence. <laughs> You're that good. Their greatest yeah. ever footballer. Yeah, you can maybe make a case for Michel Platini, but it's probably Zinedine Zidane because of his. Results in the at the international arena. Although Platini, we don't remember, we don't know him because we were too young to watch him. Platini was a genius. He was an absolute genius. Yeah. He was a genius for a longer period of time, more dominant than Zidane was. Right? 
But Zidane is what we remember because he scored two goals in a World Cup final. And in the 2006 World Cup, they may have lost that final on his head part. But that is the singular player performance of 2006 Zidane is the only thing that comes anywhere near Maradona 86. Anywhere near. Yeah. Like Maradona 86 is, is the absolute apogee, right? So, yeah. you're going to, this is going to happen by sheer competence anyway. I look at a guy like Marcus Rashford at United. <laughs> this is going to be, if he wants to be, he's going to be a heck of a manager. He's going to be a heck of a, heck of, a, heck of a coach. It's going to happen. So, you know, at the, that moment, the, that really irritate me. BLM turns around and says, this happened because of us. That will really yeah. irritate me. The, the the final point that I would also like to make is that, you know, this kind of wokeism generally tends to be the easy way out. I'm glad uh, Nikhil brought up the point of the black managers and uh, things like that. Because, see, changing fortunes of black people or solving problems of black people, it actually is going to require a lot of work. Like, take the example of, let's say, a, a city like Chicago where you have a record number of black homicides every weekend, pretty much. And people are like, Are iske khilaf kuch karna hai. So what's the easy thing to do? You tell me. Is the easier thing to, you know, take some very, very, very difficult policy decisions, very difficult law and order decisions, which will ultimately solve the problem or greatly ameliorate the problem 20 years down the line, but you're going to ha have to face a lot of political brickbats. You might even lose power. Or the easier thing to do is to take the knee and say, Ki saale gore bade kharab log hai. What is the easier thing to do? Similarly, in football, when you're trying to, you know, establish more black managers, is the easier thing to, you know, take those steps, you know, actually provide them training opportunities, things like that put uh, certain measures in place that they get better opportunities or is the easier thing to do is ki yaar do second ke liye before the match take a knee say white people bad problem solved what is the easier thing to do so the, these companies these leagues all these sports they're all taking all the politicians as well they're all taking the easy way out by saying ki yaar ek second ke liye ghutne take do problem solved then you don't have to worry about you know every weekend last weekend in chicago 21 people got shot you know, uh, around 11 uh, black people got shot and killed. Who the hell gives a shit? Nobody gives a shit because Colin Kaepernick's making a documentary cat engine. Fair enough. You know, no, and the so irony much. of it all is somebody somebody <laughs> wrote something amazing. He's like, we keep talking about all these symbolisms, but Qatar, despite its horrific <laughs> human rights record, is going to yes. host the world yes. next year. Exactly. I mean, so, so that's what Why it is, right? It is convenient. The winter, by the way. They're going to disrupt the whole season, everything, just to accommodate them. Exactly. So, so that's my whole point, right? Look, this is all nothing but convenient symbolism. And in fact, if you ask me, this is again the concept creep of America spilling over into each and every other country and its life. A lot of countries are just going to say F off to America and American woke capitalism. Uh, ICC and BCCI in their own uh, wisdom in courts uh, thought bhai chacha humko thoda paisa banane ko milega thoda paisa bana lo thoda manchester united ko thoda e tu jhuk rahe thoda niche apna knee ko niche kar udhar udhar 1200 there is pop. There are problems within sport. We all know that, and there have been enough stories of brave people raising their head 
and rising up about problems inside the poll or outside the society. But my whole take on this, and these will be the closing remarks and we'll shut it out uh, for the day, is this that I, this is how I watch sport. I'm not going to tell you how you're going to watch it. I have completely stopped watching pre and post match analysis of every single sport till the extent that even in mixed martial arts, uh, if it's a live pay-per-view, I mute until the fight starts. I mute the thing and I don't watch it. I don't care. Look, uh, I, I, I don't know if Sham remembers this. I was talking to him in one of those days before the show we were going live and I told him, yeah, this Kobe Covington or Tyron Woodley or something. One is taking his own what about, oh, where does Colin Kaepernick go and raise his voice? Baba, he was a known football player, right? He could have played football, made his name through playing football, and he has a social media platform. He could have raised his voice on social media. Nobody was going to stop him there. The problem is when you bring it in the field, you can make your points wherever you go. Now, we do it our Indian cricket team. क्या नाम है रविंदर जडेजा यू 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 तलवारें करते रहता और अपने आप को राजपूत राजपूत बोलता रहता करना भाई तेरे को किस राजपूत बॉय राजपूत गर्ल जो भी जेंडर अपने को करना है कर नावरेटी लोवा यूज्ड टू टॉक अबाउट यू नो हर बीइंग अ लेस्बियन एंड हाउ शी पे एक्चुअली शी सच अ हीरो एक्चुअली और व्हाटएवर उसको बुलाना है सच एन आइकॉन इज बिकॉज़ शी पेव्ड द वे फॉर यू नो लेस्बियंस इन स्पोर्ट और होमोसेक्सुअल्स इन जनरल इन स्पोर्ट एंड दीस आर द आइकॉन्स ऑफ मोहम्मद अली एट दैट टाइम ही निखिल वाज स्पॉट ऑन ही डिडंट ब्रिंग इट टू द बॉक्सिंग रिंग Yeah. He took it outside the boxing ring. He used this fame of boxing. So nobody is stopping you as a sports person to do that. But yeah, sports. Me to mat lao na. Kabi koi jhuk raha hai, fir kal ko koi kuch aur kar raha hai, parso koi aur karega. Like I said, it's an, sports... it's an escape, man. For all, most of the people that are watching the sport, it's just an escape from life. You know, it's like watching a movie. It's like going to watch a movie. The movie is an escape from life. But those movie ke samne, agar aap bologe ki yar, before the movie starts, take take, please take the knee for Black Lives Matter. People will be like, "Ye kya bakwas hai yar ab? Main yahan pe bhi escape nahi kar sakta. Where the hell do I escape?" But Chan, exactly, sport, and this is more, more than just escape. Huh? Sport becomes so central to people's own existence. Like I mean, for yeah. me, I can't miss a test match, and I cannot miss. My weekly Manchester United dose. I can't miss it. I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. and Arsenal suck. And dis- despite that, I still watch it. I'm in a bloody yeah, abusive yeah. relationship I, I, I with them. I suffer through those years. I don't care. I have to watch. I have to watch. Yeah, I don't know. I just, per my personal view is, I've always said there were few things that would unite us. Sport was one of those things. actually sport would unite us because it did not matter what was your religious background what was your political ideology we would all come together and enjoy sport and beat each other up for different reasons not politics or religion why did you have to ruin it i i used to hate you for being a supporter of delhi uh, in ipl and that was enough for me but you had to bring politics in it you know we'll wrap today's discussion on that note nikhil sham Pleasure talking to you guys as always. So please, guys, please go and follow Sham and Nikhil on all social media platforms and support them. Uh, and if you like uh, the Charvak podcast, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave a comment, and uh, and always remember the abuses are for Nikhil because he is the nakli mera. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I, I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye.